Hello and welcome to another episode of Unboxing Women where we explore why women in business are often called such a bitch with a focus on the music and entertainment industry. My name is Dana Rex and with me is my friend Micah Rose and we are both independent recording artists and singer-songwriters based in Europe. You can listen to us on our YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform. Today our guest is Simone Chibor and she has experience as a senior manager editorial and label relations at Deezer. Simone, welcome to the pod. Hello and thank you for having me. So tell us, how did you make your first steps into the music business? Who? Um, well, I started out after school, I started out doing an apprenticeship in the media industry. So I worked for um, TV and radio stations at that time. And that was sort of my first steps in the music business uh, in general. Uh, working for music departments at radio um, stations in Hamburg and in Berlin. And then um, I studied uh, popular music studies and cultural studies and uh, did a, a few um, internships. And um, then I ended up in the streaming business where I feel like that was like the the first proper job like nine to, I was going to say nine to five, but there was never nine to five. <laughs> but the first proper job, uh, Monday to Friday in the music business. Um, and yeah, that's what I have been doing for the past six years. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I wanted to go back to uh, your radio programming days, actually. So um, mm -hmm. you you ended up as an intern at a radio, but you did a couple of things in radio, didn't you? In the meantime, I did. Yeah, I, I started as an sort of uh, as an apprentice, and then I went back as an intern, just in the music department. Um, and afterwards, while I was studying, I was working for different radio stations and actually presenting my own radio shows and and doing uh, own um, yeah radio programs basically. Wow. Um, uh, which was really fun. It was a um, I studied in a small town in. Um, Lower Saxony in Germany, where we had a local radio station, and there I was on a show called Pop Crawl, and basically we talked about pop music, which is my favorite, um, and any kind of, let's say, popular music, not just pop music, but popular music. Um, and so, yeah, I did. I worked on Pop Crawl, and then when I was studying abroad in Norway, I um, made a couple of episodes. Uh, about Norwegian music. So, um, yeah, I've always been into sort of uh, radio and uh, music, like special music programs within radio. All right. Well, I, Micah, I'm hearing she did her own programming. So I know. <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question. So with regards to radio program, programming, we have heard of an unwritten rule that songs by women are not put back to back, but must have kind of like two or three male songs in between. Have you ever come across this rule? Is this is this real? That that rule is is definitely not a myth. It's uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, well, I I um, I have to say um, to tip. I have to be really defensive here because I haven't been working for the radio in like ten years, probably, mm -hmm. and I've never um, I've never did radio programming for like the proper mainstream radios. I've always like been in the um, sort of uh, special interest radio programs where a lot of that is like hand curated uh, i want to say and not based on a program but they're they're like playlisting programs for radio where they put rules into this program and according to the rules the program just picks like songs from certain playlist pools so um and there there used to be back in the days and i hope it's not the case anymore but i can confer but there used to be a rule that you shouldn't have two female songs back to back in <gasps> 
Oh my god. We have it confirmed. <laughs> the tea is spilled, people. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we had heard oh, about this. Geez. And now I understand. So yeah, it's in the it's in the So it's in the programming and that not necessarily use. the people themselves. Or it used to be. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it well, used to be. I mean it's like it's the same for any kind of um anything that's based on like algorithm or, or something. I mean, there's also the, the um, let's say the criticism that the algorithm, for example, on streaming services is um, sexist, I guess, if you want to say that, like the, I don't know if that's the right word. We might have to do, let's do that again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's gender unequal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, how do you say like if if it's like pro, pro male? Well, um, yeah, it's pro male. Yeah, it's 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 just normal. It's just actually, <laughs> the algorithm yeah. is sexist. Yeah. I think you're right in using that word. It's it's uh, yeah. The the problem is who programmed that? Because if if it's and if, why and why why did they program? that in so indeed yeah if you're using like a radio programming software that chooses automatically from pools then you indeed you can put in your own rules so it's just that in the olden days they probably also did it that way and then thought okay we're going to bring our manual rules into these new programs that we're starting to use and and it it's just also though it, it could also be if you want to delve a little bit into the subject it could also be um um I, every time I have conversations with friends of mine who are not in the music business um, about sexism in the music industry, they say, um, oh, but I do prefer listening to male voices. And I just sit there and I'm like, but do no, you, you don't. actually, <laughs> or do you just think you do? Because that's all you're hearing. Yeah. So it's, it's like, does it perpetuate this sexism into society? And do we then internalize it? Or is it inherent? Like, it's a big, big question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm, I went into this kind of stuff for um, my master thesis, where I wrote about like how, traditional portrayal of femininity was like a success model in pop music so mm -hmm. or like if females are the traditional female they are more successful in in pop music that was sort of my my argument and I tried to prove it on Taylor Swift um which I'm a huge fan but that's that's it doesn't matter right now but um I looked into a lot of like literature about how we as a society perceive female voices and male voices. And they, um, I remember like one, one paragraph where they said that um, news anchors, for example, used to be male because the lower the voice is, the more serious we take them and whatever they say, we take that more seriously. So, female anchors back in the days they were only picked if they had like really low voices otherwise they weren't taken seriously and well, yeah that does tie into however um a, a something i um read about a while back now um about how the um the i don't know if it's a generational thing but since I think in the last 100 years or something, women's voices have dropped a couple of, um, what is it hertz or like frequency wise or notes, they've dropped a couple of notes. Um, and it seems there may, may be a link between the lowering register and um, the kind of becoming more equal on terms. So like the confidence, the kind of just, um, being able to um, be yourself and not having to have a feminine voice um, and not having to smile all the time because when you smile all the time, your voice gets higher. So um, there is a correlation there and it's really interesting. And also when you're uh, nervous, you speak higher, in a higher tone. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, the fact that indeed we... 
are able to be ourselves now, we might speak in a lower tone that way. <laughs> but okay, well, you so do anyway. <laughs> I should I should become a news anchor. That's basically what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. You're you're definitely. I mean, they will take you seriously. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that though. <laughs> but I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna give it a try. No, seriously, I didn't know that. I it, is your thesis available somewhere i want to read this it sounds super interesting and (laughs) well i can yeah i can send it to you but it's in german so ah i can try translating some of it but i mean you do speak a little bit of german i can read german that's not a problem as long as you you don't want me to speak it that's that's totally fine (laughs) at your own peril (laughs) no no that's really interesting and so you use taylor swift and did you did you prove did you prove it that we have to be feminine and well yeah basically the male view of what a woman should be so like hourglass and and uh the, the frilly hair and 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 stuff like that do, do you mean that or what do you mean exactly well what i what i found out was that there are um there are less ways of women to be to be popular or like there's you you have the you have the good girl and then you have the um the uh femme fatale basically and then you have the exotic one and you have like the one that doesn't really fit into any of the other three models but just has like a amazing voice so basically you have like a, a set of rules that females have to fit in to be marketed for the pop music industry and and be successful in the industry. Of course back back in the days it was a lot um I think it was a lot stricter and nowadays it's definitely more open but compared to that for guys there there were more ways for them to develop as an artist they could be you know when you look at britney spears or christina aguilera they basically had a similar way of development throughout their career and they weren't like developing in totally different ways and um, i basically said that this is probably why they ended up being successful um and people that sort of yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're basically the same. I mean, if you look at clothes and you know videos, if you take away the sound, it looks exactly the same. Um, yeah. and blonde as well, blonde. It was like you were you were saying, and the, there's the this one and that one. It was like a collection of Barbies, basically. Basically, yeah, basically a collection of Barbies. Whereas, I mean, there's also a collection of Kens, obviously, but I think the Kens, uh, meaning that the male Barbies are the ones that have more ways to develop. And let's take, for example, Robbie Williams, who uh, was like in a boy band and he was the bad guy. And then he developed into being like, doing like swing, a swing album. And then he went back to being a bad guy. And then he was kind of cute because he was a, 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 a father. And so like he had way more fast, facets i guess um that yeah that he could he could um live out and still be successful of course one could say okay look at um look at taylor swift she also or look at madonna or look at lady gaga they also sort of developed from one way to another to another but i feel like females have to reinvent themselves way stronger to be taken seriously in their next step or for their next album. Whereas males, they just get like the sort of the, the free pass to do whatever. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran, yeah. he, he hasn't done anything, anything. <laughs> I wanted to say Ed Sheeran. I thought Mike is going to kill me, but yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think he's, 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 he's absolutely, he's one of my, definitely one of my pop, pop music heroes. And I, I think he's brilliant, but he hasn't like Taylor Swift has reinvented herself for every album. And Ed Sheeran, there was no need for him to reinvent himself for every album. Mm. He 
still, you know, he still does his thing. And one could say, hey, uh, he's successful with that. But I think someone like Taylor or someone like Britney wouldn't be successful doing the same thing over and over for three albums or four mm -hmm. albums, five albums. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. It's actually true, yeah. really interesting. Like, yes, I completely agree. Um, however, I feel like um, if we're going into Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran has done something completely different for his new album, and I don't like it. <laughs> so it's just kind well, of like... You win some, you lose some. You'll still be yeah. a fan of his other stuff and yeah, maybe I on the next one. Stuff, you know, but, so yeah. it's, it's a bit like... Um, well, take Madonna. I think that's like the best example because uh, obviously the lifespan has been much longer and you can actually really see her change once she got into her own after like the, the uh, holiday uh, album. Um there was erotica and and then she was playing you know one person and then there was um uh, the um oh what's it called with frozen on it the ray of light album which was her most successful album and she was already in her 40s um and and you know it was it, it's it's always totally different and all these characters that she plays Uh, of you know be, being just reinventing herself really and yeah Lady Gaga did that too and then she went to jazz as well to say hey I don't only like this kind of music I also like that so let me do an album in that and obviously why not you know um, I think that's pretty cool and uh, but yeah with Ed Sheeran it's a bit oh this is working for us so let's just keep doing that until it doesn't work anymore <laughs> and for women I don't really see anybody until, else like he wants to do something different. Until he wants to do something and different. And with women, or... if they want to do something different, but the other stuff is working, oftentimes they're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. and, I, and I think like with Ed Sheeran, I, I think he has reinvented himself musically, um, definitely that, but he's never reinvented himself like image-wise or uh, like... Yeah yeah it is the way he's portrayed and i think that's that's totally different for females like if uh like when lady gaga went into being like doing stripped down versions and and being more like a songwriter on her joanne album she was like way way different from the way she portrayed herself on all the other albums before so i feel like if females or, or women want to go in a different direction musically they have to do it with like their whole being and their whole image and everything and i think that's different for males because ed sheeran he can do like a rap song with stormzy and still be the same guy who also plays the acoustic guitar uh, and sings like a laugh ballad in the, so, in the same t-shirt and Both also videos. <laughs> he can do oh what was it oh god what was his name He did, um, I mean, he did the same song with Beyonce as well, but he also did it with that Italian, oh, come on, he's really well known. Eros Ramazzotti? Did he was do it? No, no, no. It was, um, oh, I'd have with to look Beyonce. it up. Oh, Andrea Bocelli. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He did one, he did um, uh, Dancing in the Dark, you know, perfect. I think it's perfect. Um, oh, I think he's out, I think. Was it that one or perfect? No, maybe it was perfect. I think it's you look perfect tonight. That was the one. So, yeah. Um, and he did that, that at the same, pretty much the same time as he did um, perfect, I think, or thinking out loud with Beyonce, one of them. So it was like, he can go from such, I mean, Andrea Bocelli is a very but different I think, person yeah. than no, Beyonce but I, or Stormzy. So it's really interesting, yeah. Definitely, but I think that with him, It's the others that are looking at looking to integrate him into as a specialty act because he is specialized in, you know, that kind of classical vocal style and, and that's what they source him for. So he's going to stay true to what he does. But obviously he's not um, saying no to, you know, doing this in a rap song or a song with Beyonce or something else. But he is still singing the same type of voice that he always does, though. Yeah, you see? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he's everywhere, but he always does his thing, you know? 
True. So, true. Um, well, um, yeah. Oh God, I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, buzzing with the radio programming. Uh, Same. <laughs> Ah, we've been actually looking for the tea is very hot. Looking for somebody to uh, to uh, talk to about that. So thank you for uh, for sharing that, Simone. That's uh, really insightful. Um, and so yeah, for the past six years, you have been responsible for a myriad of editorial playlists as well, um, and also artist campaigns. So can you tell us a bit more about managing these playlists and what the decision process looks like? Yes. Uh, so basically, I had a set of playlists that I updated and curated um, from like new releases playlists to back catalog playlists or uh, moods playlists or um, special occasion playlists. And um, when we look at the new releases uh, process, then it's usually that distributors, labels, uh, managements send pitches um, to the music uh, department of streaming streaming services. Um, meaning pitches means that they just send the new releases that are coming out the week, um, like the next Friday or the Friday after. Um, and the music editors go through the pitches and listen to the songs and then pick the ones that go into the playlist. Um, the when it comes to back catalog playlists or like uh, let's say like pop hits of the 90s or something of course we don't get pit pitches then the process is a bit different because we already have like the pool of, of songs on the platform so we can just pick and choose the songs that we want to put into this playlist and once the songs are in the playlist um, it doesn't matter which one but uh, in either playlist we do what's called optimization. So basically um, the days after we playlisted songs, we look at the performance of the songs within the playlist and then we decide which songs we're going to pull up inside the playlist, pull down, throw out, exchange, um, etc. So, okay. And this is done on a weekly basis or... Well, the yes, the new releases um, are done on, done on a weekly basis because new songs come out every yeah. Friday. Um, and the back catalog playlists um, are usually done um, whenever they are needed. And um, the optimization is done as much as possible so we can assure that the um, playlists are performing well. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I always thought, you know, is it based on numbers or a certain kind of reporting that you get from various sources as well? Um, you know, but uh, so it's more the pitching list for new songs, I mean. Um, or do you also actively look for new songs sometimes, or is that you don't have time for that? We we actually don't have time for that to to actively look, look for songs. So we have um, we have the pitches, and we depend our decisions on the pitches, and also on um, of course on on trends that are happening. So for example, if there is a song trending on TikTok that has been out for three or four years we don't get that as a pitch for a Friday because it's not a new release. Um, so, but we pick those trends up as well and put that into the playlists because that's reflecting the, the music market at that okay. time. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and what about awareness around gender issues on like a corporate level at companies like this? Are there any actions being taken with regard to making sure there's an equal amount of opportunities for women and non-binary artists? as well as, you know, as there are for men, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we um, actually last year uh, we put, uh, for example, just just to, to make like the small steps on our level that we could do, uh, we put into our pitching sheet uh, a column where the, the di distributors had to add what gender the pitches or the artists are that they are pitching. And for us, uh, we just realized whenever we were playlisting, um, we as music editors just realized that, of course, there's a lot of lot more male songs in the playlists. And even in genres where you would expect 
more females you you still you see more females than in other playlists but you still see like barely more females than 50 percent. so it's like you you get to the bare minimum that there should be 50 50 but um we just wanted to make it more transparent for us to see and also for the the ones that pitch us to see how the gender balance is in the pitches to maybe yeah work in a in a in a more positive way when it comes to parody. Mm, yeah, because mm. they're also choosing who to pitch to you firstly, and then in that list you choose who to put on the playlist. So it's two filters, and if that's twice, you know, oh, we're only going to put male, or we we you know, there's this internalized thing where you just un unwillingly, unknowingly just keep picking males. Then yeah, it it keeps it keeps on going. Um, Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. So pitches every week. And then uh, I'm just, you know, I, I think a lot of artists are going to think that's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people know when they're distributing that these pitch lists actually exist. Um, of course, Spotify now has the, the pitch that you can do on their, um, on on their artist platform it is uh but yeah this is this is probably true for uh for all the others as well and it's it's labels and distributors right that that fill in these pitches yes um mainly labels and distributors um but also um managements and artists can pitch individually um which is also done um on our or on on Deezer. That must have been a lot of work though. You listened to a lot of music the past couple of years. I I have listened to a lot of music, probably more music than I have listened to in the first uh, 25 years of my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah, but it's uh I mean after a while I remember the first weeks uh, being a, a music editor. I was just overwhelmed by the number of songs I had to listen to. And I, I started, of course, listening to each song from, from beginning to end. And then I was like thinking, where, where am I going to put it? And then at the end of a, of like a, a day, I was like, I'm still not done. I'm still not finished mm -hmm. listening to all the songs that have been pitched. So I needed some, of course, I needed some time to realize that this is, like this is not possible it's not possible to listen to all the songs that are being pitched and even like each day there are like a couple thousands of songs being distributed to the platform so yeah. and the pitches i mean at the like in the beginning maybe we had like a hundred songs being pitched and years later we were like at at least 300 or 400 per week being pitched to us and it it's it's impossible it's, yeah. yeah yeah it's impossible jeez and how do you where do you start for like um a playlist let's say chill house for example how do you cuz it's it's maybe half it's a genre playlist so you have half legacy maybe the chill hits from the past that are in there, but also new songs. I'm supposing they are, they are pitched as well. But I mean, just it's just so wide and not date specific. How do you even start with something like that? Um, it 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 usually it depends on what kind of playlist that is. Like the chill house playlist um, uh, is something. For example, if there's not a playlist yet, let's say there's a playlist for dance and you have like the future house, the big room, like the right four to the floor dance dance music and you have yeah. a playlist for that. And then you feel like, okay, I definitely want to pick up the, at that time it was like the trend, the tropical house trend mm. or the sort of the, the, yeah, the chill house, yoga house, however you want to call it, but you want to pick up that that trend um, and put it into a playlist. Um, usually when I um, created new playlists, this is how it happened. I just um, observed the pitches that I got throughout the, the week or the weeks and whatever was out there um, in the music world. And I realized that, 
oh, there's a lot of songs that have like a certain sound to it. And then you start putting together those songs and then you start digging deeper and being like, okay, where, where do they actually come from? Like, what's the, the basis of those songs? Who came up with this trend or who came up with the, the initial sound of this, the, the sound that's now around? Or you just keep it like in the present and be like, okay, um, there's a, I don't know, there, there's a trend for, it's not tropical house anymore. I'd say the trend is almost over, but um, there's a trend for a certain kind of sound. Um, and then you just start picking the the songs that are out there and putting them together in the playlist. I see. That's, mm. yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, the the start is kind of organic and then it, it just, uh, okay, oh, this is, this is a trend now. And then it, it's probably easier. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it always starts with an idea. Either it starts with an idea of a sound of a playlist that you want to create, or it starts with um, facts that mm. you see that people listen to um, this kind of music. Um, I remember when it's more Micah might might uh, remember that, but um, there was like a German rap trend. Uh, oh a few yeah. Years back where they were bringing a lot of the, um, uh, I'd say like the sound that was really popular in France, um, the um, Afro trap uh, sound basically was brought to Germany and into German rap. And then there was like this huge success for like Afro trap in German rap. And that is also something where it's like, okay, the kids out there are listening to this new new sound so we have to pick that up and we have to integrate that into our normal rap playlist but we also have to create a new playlist for that because it's yeah it's bubbling it's up special yeah mm. something yeah. yeah it's all these new genres yoga house what did you say yoga house i've never <laughs> heard of that <laughs> well i mean yeah it's it's not i i don't think it's uh i don't think there's actually uh there's a definition for Somebody yoga should, should come up with it <laughs> yeah i remember when i was talking to friends about this kind of house and i was like you know like the stuff that kaigo does it's like tropical house and i remember one friend was like yeah you mean the yoga house style and i was like okay yeah yoga house <laughs> <laughs> yeah it comes from somewhere yeah it really does yeah Oh, we have another question for you. Um, it's a question we ask everybody here, um, which is, have you ever been called such a bitch? That's a long thing. <laughs> is the tea going to continue to be boiling? <laughs> um, in, a, in a professional way, in a professional setting. <laughs> Um, I I have not. Mm. I don't think I have. Mm -mm. I've not. Um, I think I've I've um, the the way sometimes the way I was treated, I felt like this person was thinking it, mm. but they were never saying it out loud. Mm. I see. Yeah. Yeah. We're have you been called? Bit. Yeah, we we have both been called bitches so we're like yeah. we ask everybody and then but actually it just seems to be us <laughs> well maybe i mean to be fair maybe it is us but <laughs> maybe it's also i mean i i've mainly been called like a diva um which was in, in like, years ago now it hasn't actually been recent like recently has been more different things but um years ago i was called a diva well you know not music related um and uh, and I was just there, like, why? But you like, were a kid. You were a kid then. Exactly. I, I don't yeah. think they would use the word bitch for for a kid. Maybe if you no, were exactly. older. So in it's that more moment. like the kind of and and being a diva. What does that actually mean? It means you're like you're asserting yourself. You know what you want, and maybe you have a little bit of an uh, attitude. Um, which is that really that bad though? Who, who was calling you this again was it a man oh this is yeah it was a man oh. um this is actually this is this sounds strange when i say it but i was in a kids musical group and um i just generally was the best singer there 
And um, so I would, uh, you know, sing in all the demos and um, always have like a big musical number, um, even if I had a small role, um, because not necessarily just because I wanted it, but because also the, the director was like, oh my God, yes, we need to use her voice, blah, blah, blah. So he knew that I was a good singer and he knew, you know, all of that. Um, but um, at some point it was a, a it was a Christmas party um, where a friend of mine and me had rewritten one of his songs to, um, to, it was jokey, but in a funny way to kind of make fun of him a little bit, but we were kids. And it was like, it was funny. Like, like other people said it was funny. But and he, um, he then after like that, it. he called me a diva. So it was more, he's a diva and his ego got hurt. And yeah. then he called me a diva. So, um, yeah. He was like, oh, yes. Yeah, so next next year, like, um, what was it? Oh, um, you didn't get you didn't get the big. No, no, no. He said 20% more. Um, something and 80% less diva would be nice. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> All right. You, All you right. took that the wrong me. way on the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was just, it was something that stuck with me because um, there's just, there's moments in life where like, yes, obviously I was a teenager and teenagers can be arrogant and, 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 um, annoying and whatever. And I'm sure I was all of those things. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if it's so like generally, no, but I, I think, think an right. adult would, should know better yeah. than to call me a diva in that sense, especially since I was, I wasn't the one giving myself all these these songs. No, exactly. So, just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So the, 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 that was my earliest experience, I think, with that type of thing. And I was probably about 12 or 11. So That's still young, yeah. It's yeah. not like you were 16 or something. No, yeah. no. I, I quit that place when I was 13. Huh. Um, but yeah. Oh, so. Simone, we were saying just before uh, we started recording that you, you had done some music when you were a kid. Uh, I have, yes. <laughs> I was, um, I played the uh, piano and the guitar and I was um, in my bachelor's. I was actually studying music um, as part of my study program. So um, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've played music, but I've never, like I, I never enjoyed playing in front of people. Um, so for me, it was like sitting uh, at my piano and playing was just really fun but as soon as people were listening I was like no that's too much pressure could you just leave the room please <laughs> do you still do you say you can still play or do you have a guitar still uh, I do I actually have my piano here and I have my guitar here um, I unfortunately and that's always what they told me before I started studying music they were like if you make your hobby to your profession, you'll lose your hobby. Yeah. Um, and so actually the, that was sort of, I mean, I enjoyed my studies and I enjoyed having piano lessons there, but um, actually the my final exam where I had to play in front of like the, the jury of my professors and stuff like that, that just, hit me a different kind of way so afterwards I was like ah, I don't want to play for a while and yeah yeah, yeah. I, I get, get that I think we've all gone through that yeah that especially if you of... didn't want to play with people in the room and then you have to go and oh, play yeah. in front of all your professors oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah but I I did enjoy like we had like small part of the studies which was really cool actually I really enjoyed the the study program but we also had like little bands that we played in and improvised so I really enjoyed doing that and being around people that are crazy about playing music or making music but I feel like and that's also the experience I had when I did um like when I looked at different um music um uh, what's it called colleges where you can basically just study music which wasn't what I studied um, it was just part of my studies and I just realized that the the um, what's it called um, 
the competition, the the pressure of competition in those music schools is just insane. And I felt this kind of competition within our study program as well. And um, that it it kind of sucked out the fun a little for me, just yeah. feeling like I'm in competition with all the other piano players or I'm in competition with all the other uh, people playing guitar or, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you about um, something else. I mean, besides all of the uh, music and editorial work uh, that you've been doing, you also speak and do workshops at music conferences, like uh, there's Most Wanted Music. You were part of the jury at the Music Moves Europe Talent Awards in 2020. How, how did that happen? Um, I actually have to, I, I wasn't in the jury of the Music Moves uh, Europe Talent Awards. I was uh, an ambassador, ah, which means... Um, I, I saw yeah, that it, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. It sounds fancy being in the jury. No, um, I was actually submitting um, artists to the this award. Um, so oh, they you were submitting them. Oh, I didn't even know that that, that happened that way. Okay. Yeah, it was, they, like the, um, the Eurosonic, they reached out and just asked for our suggestions that, like, for, I guess they reached out to a bunch of people in the music industry and just asked for artist suggestions. And so I sent in my suggestions of, of artists. And, um, then I had this really nice interview, um, about the, the one that I, I submitted, which was a Dutch artist called Nas. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, basically that was just, I was in a mailing list from Eurosonic and they were like, Hey, do you want to submit an artist? And I was like, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> I can do that. And That's was cool. that, was that you for the whole of Deezer or were there other people from, from the same company who also were allowed to submit? Yes, there were uh, other people as well. They send it. They send it to all the music editors um, in our mm, in see. our company. Yeah. Also, also good to know. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the details. <laughs> How to? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, um, Eurosonic is notoriously hard to get, um, like a showcase at or something, and they they uh, are pretty transparent though with their. Uh, uh, program and that you know they also monitor radio plays for example and and they look at other shows as well that you're giving or touring so um yeah it's it's uh eurosonic is they're very strict they're very strict about who they uh put on stage and i mean you know right rightfully so um but if if you don't know how you can get there you can't really work on the road so i think it's important to um to know how we can how we can just yeah how we can work on ourselves and uh and, and be as good as we can be to get the showcase yes um learn to play the game you learn <laughs> to play the game that's exactly mm -hmm. it <laughs> and we met at the key change gender uh equality hub at uh reperbahn festival in hamburg last year what made you decide to go networking there um, I, I was also, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me, um, he works for TuneCore and he said that this equality hub was, was going on and uh, if I would be interested in, in, uh, doing the networking and generally whenever I'm asked to do any kind of like female supporting female networking, mentoring, whatever there is. I'm usually in for that um, <laughs> because I find it really in, like really important and um, uh, also interesting meeting other female, um, yeah, f uh, other women in the music industry because I I feel like like throughout my career so far um, I've just had like a few female role models in the industry that I actually looked up to and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like what she's doing. I want to do that. And the rest of the, the role models or the rest of the people that I looked, look up to are all men. And so for me, it's, um, I don't know. I, I just hope that there's a, a, a shift towards having more female leaders and just a lot of more, 
female participation. And, and I'm saying, I mean, there's already a lot of women in the industry and I'm really happy about that, but I feel like we can always do more. So when it comes to like networking or connecting with other women in the industry, um, I'm usually up for that and interested in doing that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. And is well, being, really nice. Yeah. Um, is being on a panel at conferences something that you would like to pursue in the future, maybe? Um, yes. Yes. I, um, I, uh, you, you mentioned the workshops before I did a couple workshops that I really enjoyed. Usually I was, I was, um, I was going to say peeing my pants beforehand because just speaking in front of people is intimidating, but, um, usually when I was in, in the panel or in the, uh, workshop, I really enjoyed doing that. So, um, this is definitely something that I I really like to continue when I'm a good fit for the panel. Let's yeah, say that. of course. Yeah, because... Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that just makes me want to segue into whether or not um, when you were working at Deezer, they ever did, like, um, uh, leadership or management kind of um, uh, workshops because like speaking in front of people is obviously a skill to be learned and um that is something i would expect uh, companies to invest in so did you ever kind of participate in that or i have um actually my my colleague who um does pr for for deezer uh she has always been super supportive of anything that i propose to her being like hey i want to speak i want to learn this i want to do this so she um, she set up like a, a speaking and media training course that I participated in. And when it came to like leadership, I also uh, I always said I wanted to lead a team at some point um, in my career because I thought that I, I like that. Um, so I, I also um, said that I definitely wanted to do like a leadership course before I have a bunch of people reporting to me and me not knowing what what to what to do with them so i was like let me do a course and let me uh get yeah. the hard skills um on and when it comes to the soft skills i will i will improve the ones i have and um yeah just go amazing yeah all right so that was really supported then that's good yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting what you said right at the end there with, um, yeah, if I'm a good fit for the panel, because uh, I've seen, I've been at conferences where you can clearly see that they've just put the woman there because she's a woman and not specifically for, you know, the skills. Yes, you know, she does kind of fit in because they searched in that kind of area or on that topic. But still, it's always like, yeah, you know, um, how do they ask this? It's like, oh, will you come on the show? Yeah, because we need a woman. I mean, who says yes to that, you know? <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I think that would be kind of naive um, if they actually went to a woman and be like, hey, would you do that because you're a woman? And the woman being like, oh, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, so exactly. I think they like, they put it nicely and be like, hey, we think you're a really good fit for the panel. Would you be interested in doing that? And once she sits there and sees that there are like five men in her, she'll be like, oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you can kind of read it on the faces during mm -hmm. the panel. It's like, hmm, this was clearly not prepared. <laughs> they didn't yeah. know who was going to who is going to join? Yeah, but that just that just ties into having female role models, right? So you you'd expect that to be, or you'd wish that to be more um, female people on panels, and just kind of so that you actually have somebody to look up to. Um, but it's either the thing is the people are out there, the people who are creating these panels just aren't looking hard enough. No. Yeah, so. it's the same as like a lineup for a festival. Oh, you know, mm. we have like 90% male fronted or like just completely male bands on stage. And then they're like, well, there aren't any female bands. Of course there are. There's like a gazillion. So you're not yeah. really, you know, doing your homework. Oh, Rock am Ring this year. Was it 95% men? Something like that. Yeah. It's awful. Oh, was it again? When when is it? Is it like um, in the in the um, 
end of the it's, year of the start or the start it was last year yeah last the last year, year yeah, yeah, yeah no no not not this year Yeah, Micah told us there was like this whole thing in Germany with, oh my God, it's 95% male, which is yeah. just not good, is it? It's not good. It's not good. It's not, it's not good. No, this is, this is something that I think, like you said, there, you, you just have to look harder and then you will find enough women to participate in a panel. You'll find enough. I, I remember like projects that, um, um we did an electronic music in uh, for Deezer where i know the team they they could have gone the easy way and be like hey electronic music is just done by male so we're just going to pick like 10 male artists we're going to work with but no they were like no there are definitely women out there too doing electronic music so let's yeah. dig deeper and let's yeah. find females and so i think this is more like a i i also think that the more we we pick men over and over again um the more we just overshadow the the women that are actually there so i think it's good to to um try as hard as possible to just dig out the women that are that are out there mm -hmm. and also when it comes to panels i i say that just for myself that i don't want to sit at a panel where i'm not a good fit for but i've been to many panels where there are a bunch of men that are definitely not a good fit and they were in, like sitting on stage and talking stuff where i'm like why are you there what what's your like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing here what are what's you your doing? purpose are yeah. you here to bring the coffee <laughs> no, but it, it's true. You're absolutely right. It's not only, you know, oh, you're a woman. Can you come and join? Sometimes, yeah, you're just wondering, you know, what, yeah. what's going on? So, yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, Micah. Oh, yes. So I think on that note, that would be all for today. So um, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of Unboxing Women. And thank you, Simone, for coming on our show. We've had an absolute blast. Thank and, you. Um, if you have ever had an experience you'd like to share with us, send us a DM or tag us in your post with the hashtag SuchABitch. And don't forget to support your favorite artists through merch or donations. My name is Mike Rose, and I've been chatting with Dana Rex and Simone. This is a weekly show, so make sure to tune back in next week, same time, same place. Thanks again for listening. And we'll We'll see you soon.